Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, so tell us about the uh, the, the deal with Colt. We knew he had a procedure a few weeks ago, I thought. It was the last I had heard. I didn't know he had a third one. Do you have any more detail on it? Like, is this infection-related? Like, what's going on? So, broke the leg back in December, had a procedure then, and Jay Gruden was honest about it. It, um, earlier this offseason, he said, you know, we probably pushed Colt too fast to try to get him back for mm. a possible playoff game, which now sounds almost funny, but at the right, time was, right. was, was, was a real possibility. What a farce. Uh, yeah. <laughs> obviously, that surgery didn't work. He had to have another surgery in early March. That's when we all saw the picture of Colt at the, the, the IndyCar race down in Austin on crutches, and everybody kind of flew into what is going on here. And it ends up he had to have one more procedure within the past 10 days, and he's under doctor's orders to stay down in Texas for his recovery. And a big part of that, I don't know if you guys have ever been to Redskins Park, Mm -hmm. but the the locker room and the weight rooms and everything are actually down down a flight of stairs. You walk in on kind of a main floor and then walk downstairs, whereas Colt's house in Texas is a a ranch-style home, so it's all one floor. So there's a lot less concerns about going up and down stairs and potentially falling, all those sorts of things. I don't know that it's an infection, EB, but just you know, kind of common sense. And what we've seen is when they have to go back in a few times, usually leads you to believe that there's been some sort of complication. And, and I, I certainly think that's the case. So, JP, are you telling me that Redskins Park does not have a functioning elevator in the building? There, there is an elevator. There of course is, there's an yeah, elevator. There's oh, one okay. right to the left. You walk in, okay, there's one okay. right to the left. That, that, yeah. that, now that makes sense. Because you, you, can't, you can't run an NFL team where guys are banged up all the time yeah, yeah. without a functioning elevator. I think if you're an NFL player, you don't love having to wait for the elevator to go up and down a flight of okay. stairs yeah. between you know, where you're – where meeting rooms are and, yeah. then, and you know, back down to where you're going to eat, all those sorts of things. Right, so right. what does this mean to you? Uh, is this why they signed the other guy, the guy from the AAF, Josh Woodburn or whatever, because they knew that they got some issues here still with Colt? Well, it, it, it's tricky because I think they're not sure. The folks I've talked to have said Colt will definitely be back for minicamp, which is kind of the, the last – Minicamp is mandatory, and everybody's supposed to be there, and and that's the last thing they'll do before they go to training camp and have kind of a nice long six week break. I, I don't know that we're going to see Colt fully functioning during OTAs. Maybe at the end of OTAs, he's just missing the workout portions now. I, I think the AAF guy, in a lot of ways, is they just need an arm. They need an arm to be able to throw passes to these guys beyond Case Keenum. Right. I, I think the biggest thing this means is. There's some questions about where Colt's going to be health-wise, and and when you each everyone, Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden, these guys have all said there's going to be an open competition between Colt and Case Keenum going into Week One. One of those guys will be our Week One starter. You know, Colt had a big leg up because he knew the offense. He'd been in the building for four years. 
Now maybe Keenum's going to be able to, to make up some of that ground in a much faster time because Colt's not healthy. And in a lot of ways, it's kind of the story of Colt's career, or at least his career with the Skins, where just injuries at, at really inopportune times can continue to hold him back when he does have opportunities. I, I, I don't think whatever's going on with Colt impacts what they're going to do in the draft, where to that I, they need a quarterback if Colt McCoy was healthy or not. Both Keenum and Colt are only on, on one-year deals. They have nobody on this roster that seems likely to play in 2020, unless you think Alex Smith is that guy. I, I don't. Um, I, I think they have to address the quarterback position. And in conversations, both on the record, uh, Doug Williams on Monday said, we, we know we need to add a quarterback. And, and when you talk to guys off the record and on background conversations, I, I think it's very obvious they know they need to add a, a quarterback on a rookie contract because that's the only way right. the money works when you owe Alex Smith $41 million over the next two seasons. So uh, so then before we get into sort of the details of it, I love the fact that the Redskins may or may not, if you believe the reporting, be interested in trading up to three if certain situations play out. Let's get to that in a moment. So does that mean then, and I agree with you 100%, they got to get a young guy in here that they can work with and groom. Does that mean then that the loser of the Colt or Case sweepstakes here at the beginning of the camp is cut? Because we know Jay's gone on record. He doesn't like to keep three quarterbacks. He said that in Arizona. I think that's crazy considering Mark Sanchez started a game for you last year. That's true. I I agree. I, I think they have to build themselves some protection this season because Colt has injury history. Whoever this third guy is is likely to be a rookie that depending who it is, I don't know that you can look at any of these rookies and say, I think they can come in and really compete for a starting job just because they all have holes or flaws in their game. Most rookies do, but but this class particularly is just so hard to get an evaluation that's consistent from one talent guy to the next. Everybody sees something different. It's like a Rorschach test when you're looking at these quarterbacks this year. It's crazy. I mean, I heard uh, Michael Lombardi yesterday, and he was an executive in the NFL for a long time. He worked in Oakland for 10 years. Worked with Cleveland, too. Um, But he said, you know, outside of Murray, and he said he wouldn't take Murray number one, he said he thinks all these quarterbacks that are in the draft are mainly backups. right? I mean, that's just one guy's opinion. But people are all over the place on these guys. Casserly loves Daniel Jones. Other guys hate him. Well, it's not that he loves him, but he compares him favorably to, to yeah, Brad well, he Johnson. Likes him. Yeah, he likes yeah. him. Yeah. Well, yeah. go beyond Casserly. Gil Brandt compares Daniel Jones directly to Peyton Manning because right, right. that's who his comp is. I, I, I think this draft feels <laughs> the absolute most wide open in a long time. And I think that's because there is no consensus on the quarterbacks. Usually you can, you can look, last year we knew, especially by this time, by 48 hours from the draft, we knew it was going to be Mayfield at one. We knew the Jets really liked Sam Darnold. And that allows you to kind of project the rest of the top ten. This time last year, just about everybody in town knew it was either going to be Deron Payne or Vita Vea for the Redskins. And there was some conversation of if this guy slips, you know, maybe it would be Derwin James. But, but roughly, most folks thought it was going to be one of those two players because the Skins still had a glaring need on their defensive line. And those were the two best guys projected to be available when the Redskins were going to draft. And sure enough, it, it worked out that way. This year, I don't think there's any real projection where you can say, I definitely see that happening, because 
any combination of Jones or Haskins, and certainly uh, Drew Locke, yeah. might be available at 15. And, and I had one NFC talent evaluator tell me that the only guy worth trading up for is Kyler Murray. But Kyler Murray's probably going number one. And the rest of these guys, you wait and see if they're there at 15, and if they're not, you just take the best defensive guy on the board. So that is just allows for so much variance. It's, it's hard to, to really know what's going to happen. Well, that's been sort of the thinking all along. But in the last week or two, I don't know if this is just sort of standard NFL subterfuge right before the draft. All of a sudden, now the number one pick is kind of up for grabs. We've got people that you know most people respect, like Daniel Jeremiah, saying, you know, a month ago he thought it was ninety percent they were going to take Murray. Now he's down to sixty percent. He tweeted that a week or so ago. Other people, I think Pete Prisco went on the record, and he's been a long time. I don't necessarily love Pete. He's been on the show a million times, but he he's, he went on the record and said they weren't going to select Kyler Murray. Um, you think they still will? What what kind of likelihood do you put on that? And then these rumors of the Redskins moving up to three, is that contingent upon them not selecting Murray? That would sort of be the only scenario where you'd see them being interested in moving up? I believe if they're going to move up to three, that's for Kyler Murray. Yeah. And, and I believe that they won't get the chance because Murray's going to go first. Right. Um, obviously, that could change. I'm not saying, I'm not saying write it in stone. Right. But I, I think for what the Redskins would have to give up, to go to number three, you have to have a player that is by far the, the tops on your draft board. And, and quarterback kind of sways your draft board because the position is so important. But Murray is, is rated significantly further ahead of any of the other three options. And, and I just don't see them going to three because they want Haskins and the Raiders want Haskins. It just it doesn't make sense to me for what they'd have to give up. I think Haskins could be a good player, but I, I think he's he needs to sit behind a real starter for a year. And maybe the Redskins have that scenario in that mm-hmm. Case Keenum can start for a year and then Haskins is your guy in 2020. Right. But for me, you cannot go up there to to take Dwayne Haskins. Maybe if he if if he gets past the Giants at six, and then you're talking about only having to move up to eight where the Lions are or ten where the Broncos are and the Skins have had some success trading with Denver, then the scenario changes. But going to three for anybody but Kyler Murray does not make sense to me. And the other part, the Reds, Bruce Allen, Jay Gruden, anybody you talk to will say, we are close and we plan on competing in 2019. Jay Gruden had the quote, this isn't AAA baseball. We're not here to develop anybody. We're here to win games. If you draft Kyler Murray, you have to overhaul your offensive system. The the Skins are building a team to win grinded-out football games, low-scoring football games. That's not Kyler Murray. And, and so if you do make a big move for a player like that, there's got to be some willingness to accept we have to change a lot of things. We're probably not going to be competing in 2019. I don't know that they're willing to do that. Uh, but, you know, I tweeted this out this morning. There's one – very interesting kind of note going into the draft. Eleven of the past twelve first-round quarterbacks taken in the NFL draft, a team has traded up to get them. So what we're seeing more and more is that teams have decided, that's our guy, we're going to go get him, we're not going to lose the opportunity to somebody else. And I think you got to keep that in mind and keep this in mind, too. The last time the Redskins missed the playoffs three straight seasons – was 2012, and they had a fan base that was, you know, 
tired of the losing, growing apathetic, whatever you want to say, the team made a very big move to go get Robert Griffin the third with the second overall pick. Skins just missed the playoffs three straight seasons, and certainly they have a fan base that's very tired of the losing and maybe is no longer apathetic, but is actually kind of angry. That point you made about Murray is a good one, but I fig- I feel like they would they would figure it out. If let's just say Kyler Murray slipped to fifteen and Haskins was already gone, they're taking Kyler Murray and they'd figure out how to work him into some system. Oh, there's no doubt, yeah. no doubt. Oh, if Murray slips to fifteen, absolutely. I just don't think that's happening. Let me no. ask you something. No, I agree. We got to let you go here in a minute. But if if they ended up being uh, sort of bold here and he slips to three and they make the move, that's a Dan Snyder move, right? That's not a Bruce Allen move because Bruce is so conservative. I, I just don't see that being something that Bruce would do. Yeah, I mean, if, if you look at free agent spending and, and kind of what they've done building up the defensive line in the draft. and I mean, defensive linemen in the first round of the NFL draft aren't sexy picks. They don't sell a lot of jerseys. But what I'll say is when you talk to talent evaluators with the Redskins, they are extremely high on Kyler Murray. So right. one guy told me he's the only guy worth reaching for. So right. while I think ownership would certainly love that move because it would it would definitely give that – that blast of energy to the fan base. Yeah. I, I don't think you can say, you know, that, that the folks in the front office wouldn't be behind it. I, I think the only real hesitation is what does it cost you to, to move up there? And what I reported back at the combine in February is that keep in mind that the skins would do everything they can to not just use draft picks, but maybe to use potential players to, to make a move. And if you look at what they did for Alex Smith, they gave up Kendall Fuller. You got to kind of look at those possibilities. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 